It's time for In the Know with the fine folks at Nueces County AgriLife Extension, your source for great information and education in your home county. Now sit back and relax and enjoy. Here's your host, Kevin Gibbs and Norma Munoz. Good day, uh, Nueces County. Our guest today is Joanne Salji. Joanne is the City of Corpus Christi, Nueces County Local Emergency Planning Committee Program Manager. Joanne has a wealth of knowledge from her experiences in the Water Utilities Department, also serving as Chair for, of the Zero Escape Steering Committee and is a longtime Nueces County Master Gardener. Welcome, Joanne. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us today, Joanne. We look forward to um, hearing what you've got to share with us. So can we start off by you sharing um, where does our water come from? I'd be happy to talk about where our water comes from. In, Corpus, er, in the Corpus Christi region, we're very, very fortunate that we have over years uh, been able to secure water rights you know, throughout the, the, the Texas region. So we're actually considered to be very, um, very much an enviable position. So the Corpus Christi Regional Water System receives water from three separate basins. The first basin being the Colorado River Basin, then the Lavaca Navidad Basin, and then Nueces River Basin. The Choke Canyon Reservoir, which is our deepest and our largest um, source of water uh, at almost 96 feet, and then Lake Corpus Christi, which is um, a very large reservoir as well, but not as deep at its 60 feet, they both lie within the Nueces River Basin. Lake Texana, which um, is in the La Vaca Navidad um, watershed, is um, at 58 feet, and then water from Lake Texana is diverted to um, our area by the Mary Rhodes pipeline. The pipeline is 101 miles and um, it was a very big milestone in securing those water rights for the community and making sure that we were going to have water for the future. Um, there's also the lower Colorado um, which is known as the Garwood Irrigation and that supplies uh, another portion to the Mary Rhodes pipeline that through the, the second segment. So that's coming over to Lake Texana and then everything is coming to our region by the Mary Rhodes pipeline. The four of these together really gives us a very sound, solid foundation for um, our water. Um, you know, some of these areas are water that certainly the the Austin area or San Antonio would find very enviable to have those water rights. So when Mary Rhodes was mayor of Corpus Christi, she was instrumental in securing you know, our future water. Um, currently, we have lake levels at about 62%, and um, last year at this time, it was about 46%. So we're actually in a very good position this year from uh, a couple of the, the, the significant rainfall events that we've had recently. So that did bring us out of stage one water restrictions and you know, put us back to uh, kind of a, a, a good place for summer. Um, 
So what does it mean, uh, Joanne, whenever they say that we're in stage one drought restrictions? Uh, the, the city of Corpus Christi does have a drought contingency plan, and that is making sure that as our water supplies begin to dwindle, that we take appropriate actions so that um, we're not going to find ourselves in an uncomfortable position. So we recently had been in stage one water restrictions, which is a mild water shortage watch. And during that time, um, the residents are encouraged to only irrigate once a week and also the crews with the city's water department you know um, make a very uh, big effort to get out and minimize those leaks and um, the the city will monitor for compliance if we were to continue to go and our supplies would go down um, considerably more um, at at 30 percent we would go into stage two which would limit um, that where we would be watering every other week and we would um, cease to well we would limit the the water main flushing um, and we would look at you know all of the other compliance measures so if we were to get down to stage three that's a, co a critical water wa water watch and that would be at 20 percent so it's very important that as we see our, our resources dwindling that we do take action and that everyone does their part to make sure that that we're not wasting water and um, you know we can we can actually and we've done it in in the previous years we can actually see that um, residential limiting residential watering we can reduce our consumption over a period of time by about 10 percent yeah. which is really significant that is significant yeah. and we too know that um, approximately one out of every four years we're going to be in some sort of drought situation here naturally uh, we have no way of predicting when we're going to be in drought cycles or how long they're going to last so it really is very critical that we always keep an eye on um, you know the South Texas water supply. So this year's actually been a pretty good year then as far as rainfall goes. Well it's been an interesting year as far as you know we've had periods of drought, we've had periods of excessive rainfall, we've had freezes, so it, it, it has been a, a very unusual year. But usually our July and August are our driest and hottest months and that's also whenever we're using the most water during those times. And we started this year off in drought restrictions, right? Yes, we were in drought restrictions quite early in the year. All right. Well, uh, earlier you made a reference to Lake Texana and a pipeline. Can you tell us a little bit about when that occurred? When, when did we first start getting water from Lake Texana? Oh, that was oh, probably in the 1980s. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the date. Um, but no, that was a, a, in a concerted effort to get those water rights. Um, in Texas, water rights are a really big deal. Imagine and, so. And because, you know, you can do without a lot of things, but you can't do without the water. Um, so we were able to secure water rights. Uh, the city of Corpus Christi does provide water for the region. So who uses the water? In, in South Texas, um, the water that, you know, that we, are, are utilizing from the those three basins 
It's the San Patricio Municipal Water District, the City of Alice, the City of Beeville, the City of Mathis, the City of Port Aransas, South Texas Water Authority, um, and the Violet Water Supply. Um, the Owen Stevens Water Treatment Plant, which is uh, located in Corpus Christi off of Leopard, uh, treats approximately 75,000 acre feet uh, every year of surface water. Wow, that is quite a bit, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, and um, that's, as far as how it is the demand of um, our consumers, about 15% of that goes to commercial use, 32% of that goes to residential homeowners. Um, and industry takes up about 49% of our water and institutionally about 4%. And so 90% of all of our water connections are residential. And our residential customers use on average 59 gallons a day. And the highest demand is in uh, July and August. The 59 gallons a day actually is down from previous years. For a long period of time, we were using approximately 63 gallons of water a day. So we're getting yeah. a little better. We are. And, and maybe our appliances are a little bit we're more. We're using more mm -hmm. efficient means, but um, a lot of folks are always concerned about uh, industry. And um, so industry, being highly regulated, does, uh, you know, does use a great deal of water, but they also use it very efficiently. Very good. Well, thank you for that information. We'll be back in just a few minutes um, with Joanne. But uh, for now, um, here is an update from our 4-H program. Welcome to In the Know. We're here with 4-H Assistant Agent Logan Bauer. Logan, we know you're new to Nueces County. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me, Kevin. And my background, I grew up in Llano County where I raised uh, show lambs growing up, uh, a little bit of show hogs as well. Um, I went to South Plains Junior College my first two years on a livestock judging scholarship and then ended up transferring to Texas A&M University and College Station um, where I got a Bachelor's of Agricultural Science and I have been teaching the past couple of years and now I'm happy to be here in Nueces County. So you're the 4-H assistant agent for Nueces County. What is 4-H? So 4-H is a club um, ranging of ages from 5 to 18 years old. It is the largest youth development uh, program in the state of Texas, and we have every bit 550,000 uh, kids each year join 4-H. Uh, now, a lot of people, when they think of 4-H, they think about showing animals and racing animals. Is that all they have? Uh, absolutely not. There's so many different projects that go into 4-H, like photography, um, community services, uh, shooting sports. Here in Nueces County, shooting sports is a big part of our 4-H program. But we also have our food nutrition side of things, and another big portion of our 4-H program is the leadership because we are trying to teach these kids how to become the, the future leaders of America. And how does a family join 4-H? So a family can uh, join 4-H by going on to 4-H um, online. Um, that is a site um, 
where those families can go on and learn more about 4-H, get their kids enrolled, and uh, even look at the different clubs and or projects that their child can do. Um, they can also call the Duenas County AgriLife Extension Office. They can talk to me um, or one of the other agents in the office to, you know, just learn more about the, the 4-H program and um, get their kid enrolled. So you're talking about getting the kids enrolled. When is that open? So right now enrollment is open um, from August 15th to October 31st um, is $25 fee. Um, after October 31st, the, the fee goes up to $30, but it's open year-round for the entire 4-H season. All right, well, uh, it's good to know all this stuff, Logan, and, and uh, welcome to Oasis County, and we know you're going to have a fantastic time here, and thank you for giving us an update on 4-H this morning. Thanks for having me. Welcome back as we continue our conversation with Joanne Salji, who's with the City of Corpus Christi. Joanne, uh, you've given us some great information so far today, and, and we're really excited to continue with this conversation. Can you tell us a little bit about the benefits of conservation and what conservation efforts are happening in Corpus Christi in Nueces County? The benefits of conservation would be uh, a sustainable water supply. Um, you know, as our community grows and as we expand, you know, both um, you know, residentially and commercially and industrially, we need to make sure that we always have a, a water supply that is going to meet the needs of the community. We have to have water. We can't live without it. Also, we have to reduce peak demands. During drought conditions or during the summertime, we do see an increased need for water. Folks are trying to keep their vegetation and their landscape alive. Um, and you know, industry will continue to uh, produce goods and services and also provide jobs and, and you know, an economic engine for the community. We also want to reduce in, uh, energy costs. And so you know, the city and the region look at different ways to secure our, wa our water for the future. Some of the things that they look at are, because um, we predominantly use surface water, but they're also looking at aquifer storage, desalinization, and then just good old general conservation you know, uh, methods and techniques that anyone can use to limit their water. Um, also, by using less uh, water, we're also going to reduce our wastewater costs because our wastewater uh, here in the city it would certainly be related to, you know, to the amount of water that we're having to treat from wastewater purposes. Yeah. So, Joanne, before we went to break, you mentioned that we consumers use about 59 gallons per day and that that's down from the past. So can what can residents do to conserve water um, or at least use it more efficiently? Well, we can all do more. Um, we take uh, it for granted that every time we turn the faucet on that the water is always going to come out and we're very fortunate that it does. And so we do have a good, clean, reliable sources of water 
in this area. So we're very fortunate for that. But some of the things that the, the consumer or the residential customer or even a commercial customer can do is to identify and repair leaks. You know, make sure that we're not uh, losing water you know, through leaks, whether it's at our home or our business. Um, another thing that the homeowner or commercially can do is uh, to collect rainwater. Um, we can certainly have rain barrels at our homes and uh, those are a way that we can store rainwater whenever we get it. It's amazing how much water you can get off of your roof by catching that water and storing it in barrels. So we can do that. We could also, in our landscape, we could add rain gardens. And so that way the water that's running off of our roofs or running off of our driveways is actually going on to our landscape. And so we wanna keep all of that water on our property as much as we can. Um, but whenever we're also conserving water through rain barrels and rain gardens, we also have to remember to be cognizant of vectors. We don't wanna have water collecting on our property um, because we certainly don't want to encourage um, mosquitoes. We, we have plenty of those without <laughs> encouraging them. Some of the other things that we can do in our household is whenever we do laundry or running our dishwasher, we can only use uh, full loads instead of you know just a, a partial load. So that will save water there. Also, uh, the utilization of, of more efficient appliances. Over time, our toilets have become more efficient, and so have our, our dishwashers and our uh, laundry processes have become much more efficient. We can also utilize um, recycled water or gray water. Um, you can actually use the water from your washing machine. You can plumb it up so that it will go out into your yard. It's not gonna hurt your yard. The phosphates um, were taken out of most detergents years ago. But there's a couple things you need to remember about utilizing uh, you know, reclaimed water. It cannot run into the city's storm drains. Uh, it cannot pool or collect from a vector standpoint. And it also can't run over onto your neighbor's property. So you need to be utilizing it on your property. Um, and then the other thing is that we only water whenever our lawns when we need to. Uh, we don't have to water them every three or four days. Our, our turf is that we have in this region, it's usually either Bermuda or St. Augustine. Both are tough and they can handle periods of, of being dry. But you know, whenever it starts looking kind of wilty or sounds a little crispy when you walk <laughs> on it, that's a good time to make sure you give it a little bit of, of water. You can use um, uh, handheld irrigation or um, your sprinkler systems, uh, you know, but make sure you're using them wisely. You don't necessarily have to water your, your grass every time you're watering your beds or your vegetables or your you know, trees or if you have fruit trees or citrus, you know, you can hand water those and they'll be just fine even in periods where we don't have a lot of rainfall. Um, another thing that's important to do is to make sure you're uh, monitoring your irrigation system. Um, most people just set it and forget it. So make sure that you are checking your system periodically. Make sure you don't have any leaks. Make sure your, your spray heads are all going in the proper direction. You're not watering the middle of the street or you know the sidewalks. And uh, you don't need to water the sidewalks. So check it once in a while. Also consider having um, uh, a, a, a 
a, a rainwater sensor and so that that way uh, your your system will shut off if we've recently had rainfall or uh, make sure you you turn your system off if we are in a particularly wet period there's no reason to be using treated water whenever we have rainwater, which right. is much more beneficial to plants. Um, other thing is don't water on windy days. It's going to blow someplace other than on your, your lawn or your landscape. Um, make sure you're watering deeply. Uh, if you water deeply, it's going to provide better root health for your grass or for your plants. And so one of the things you can do is cycle soak. Here in this region, we tend to have either heavy clay or rather sandy soil. So what we can do is um, water for a few minutes in one area, move on to another area, then come back later on and rewater that same, that same area. So that that way, water is not running off, it's being able to be absorbed uh, down into the roots to make healthy root systems. Also, in the city of Corpus Christi, there is an ordinance in place that we are not to be running our irrigation systems between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. The reason for that is that this period of time um, would be tend to have higher evaporation rates and less, um, less water would be going actually where we want to. Another way that we can uh, use less water would be to, uh, to choose adaptive and um, native drought tolerant plants, something that is going to uh, really be able to handle the summer heat. The plants that you see that are thriving in July and August, those are good plants. Those are plants that you know you, certainly your nurserymen will recommend because they can handle the heat and the dry conditions. Also, apply the seven zero escape principles um, that you can utilize in your lawn and landscape. So I was just wondering, Joanne, um, these are all great suggestions and all great things to know. Um, along the coast here, we, we're of course next to the Gulf of Mexico and we have, uh, like you said, the three different uh, tributaries that flow into the region uh, as part of our water basin. How important is fresh water to our basin estuaries? It's critical to the, our bays and estuaries. You know, that's what's providing uh, the, the fresh water provides, um, you know, an environment where we can have aquatic life. And also, normally, if those reservoirs or lakes were not in place, the water would naturally flow to the Gulf. So to maintain those, you know, the vegetation and the plant life and the animals and, and things that rely on that fresh water, we have to have those releases from, um, from our water sources in the area. So that's interesting that you said that because I'm guessing a lot of people don't understand why we release water from Lake Corpus Christi or, or from uh, Choke Canyon. Right. And, and it is hard to sometimes understand whenever, um, you know, whenever we see our water supplies are dwindling that, well, we're letting water into the bay. Well, certainly we have to remember that uh, a healthy bay does have a, a huge impact on everything we do here with fishing industries and, you know, everybody likes to go fishing and, and shrimping and, and so there's a lot of, of folks that do rely on that but we certainly want to keep the chemistry 
as far as the levels, the salinity levels in our bays, we it's important that we keep them healthy and you know and a, and a source of, of fresh water always going to those bays. And who controls um, the water that comes into into Nueces County? Who's in charge? Is there a board or a, a governing agency that controls that? Well, there is uh, the Nueces River Authority. There's a, there's also the Texas Water Development Board. So throughout the state, and you know, both locally and regionally and statewide, you know, all of our all of our um, um, basins, rivers, aquifers, those all do have oversight. And so it's not nothing is done on a whim. You know, everyone realizes just how important water is to not only Texas, but you know, to everywhere. You know, fresh water is something we all need, and so we all need to conserve and protect. That's all great information, Joanne. We really yeah. appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. Um, I think a lot of this information is good as a reminder for us as consumers. Um, and so we really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. We, you, uh, it was a great information. Now we're going to take a, uh, we're going as we leave, we're going to take a break and go out to hear an update from Healthy South Texas. Congratulations, you guys. You guys took this walk across Texas challenge. I want to say killed it. Uh, I don't have the mileage in front of me uh, for your total mileage, but you took the mileage for the entire county. I know you guys had some top walkers as well. Uh, I just yep. delivered your, your prizes. Uh, so can you guys give me a little bit of feedback? Uh, can you tell us about your accomplishments individually and collectively as a team? I think everybody accomplished uh, as a uh, as a team. Uh, we all we did our part, and uh, I did my part. So I had to show my teammates uh, that I have to be more uh, active than uh, to make sure that I wasn't gonna be the last one out there, and everybody will be will be being me beating me on the mileage, so I have to show them I can, uh, that was a good walker, and uh, I I hope I can accomplish that on our second second walk across Texas, ready for the next one. I, I hope we are, I think we are going to have us the same team, and looking forward to it, and we just accomplished to be, stay healthy, active. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So you guys feel like you pushed yourself more because of the team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, the camaraderie was one of my favorite things about this and encouragement. And we just had the best team captain ever. We, um, we met several times and had lunch together and talked about our progress and encouraged each other and we even had like a little prize that got passed around from person to person and yeah it was great awesome so what did you guys do throughout the day since you're at a work site what did you guys do throughout the day to keep moving or to keep each other encouraged or motivated there are a number of us who actually walked here on site um it's been brutally hot but we've managed to make use of this space available to walk safely and uh, and frequently at different times 
Uh, we'll use the auditorium. We actually created little routes throughout the, <laughs> the building <clears throat> to uh, enable us to walk for 15 minutes at a time. That was most of our goals. And uh, some of us walked once a day, some twice, and in addition to our normal walking. And the camaraderie and fun from that was, was one of the high points for me, too. It was a lot of fun to have somebody come up and say, all right, we're walking, get up. <laughs> it really mm -hmm. helped. We could encourage each other and support each other. Mm -hmm. So would you recommend that other work sites or groups participate in this challenge? Most, I would say most definitely. This is, I know for me, it's been really fun and I've actually managed to, because I didn't have a goal when I started, but you know, once I finished, I'm like, oh, I know what I've got to, you know, I know what I've got to be for myself. I know what I got to do to continue to help my team. And it's, it's a, it's a really good team builder. Wonderful. So what advice would you have for other uh, individuals or teams that are thinking about joining or, you know, starting the next challenge? Make sure you get a really good team captain. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. That's very important. It, yeah. it really makes a difference, you know, when uh, whenever you have to update your models, your team captain, you know, he's going to remind you all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's very helpful. Yes. Thank you so much, Team Godzilla, and congratulations. And thank you for uh, letting me ask you questions and answering honestly and helping the rest of us have a little bit of extra motivation today and through our next Walk Across Texas Challenge. Thank you. You've been listening to In the Know with New Aces County Extension. Thank you for spending a little time with us today, and we hope that you join us again soon. You can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcast, or by going to our website, newasis.agrilife.org. While there, you can also take a look at upcoming Texas A&M AgriLife events. Again, thanks, and have a great day.